happiness. Everybody pursues happiness. And yet, nobody seems to attain that permanent, everlasting, satisfying happiness. When we see also the different paths, none of them seem to be showing us the path to permanent, everlasting happiness. While Bhagwan Shankaracharya shows us the different paths that people follow without right knowledge and thus not knowing the means and what is our purpose and goal, they act, they give up also, they do various things, but still they are not able to get that inner peace and their inner happiness. So does it mean that all this renunciation, all walking on the religious and spiritual path is not effective? No, it is not effective only when we practice without proper knowledge and proper discrimination between what is the means and what is the goal. Where does the problem actually lie? The problem is that the desire is not created by an outside object. The desire is within us. We can deny objects outside or even indulge in them. But that news of desire does not leave us. And as long as desire is there, desire will continue to agitate our mind, compel us into struggling and striving. So therefore, as long as desire is there, mind will continue to be agitated. And where mind is not at peace, there is no happiness. Ashantasya kuta sukham asked Krishna as a rhetorical question in the Bhagavad Gita that one who is not at peace, how can that person be happy? So we have to understand that desire creates agitation. To, full, to calm that agitation, to calm that itch, to calm that discomfort, we strive to get an object of our desire. Temporarily, the mind, when it gets the object, its anxieties, its uh, anxiousness, all come to a stop at that moment. And what we experience is peace. This is the secret of happiness. And if we are alert, even to watch, that whenever we experience a joy, say, in drinking a cup of coffee or eating a chocolate or eating a gulab jamu, whatever, whenever you eat something that you like, if you are aware, if you are watchful, you will understand 
that that happiness comes from within when the mind is quiet. And once the mind is convinced of it and feels that it is independent in being happy, that is called as true vairagya or viraga. That indeed becomes true renunciation, where one knows that one doesn't require an object of the world to be happy. This secret, if you have understood, you have understood the path, the goal, and such a person living such a life of wisdom, of self-awareness, able to discriminate, has vairagya. Vairagya means detachment and detachment means no dependence on anything, being or situation for their happiness. And such a person reveling in the happiness, in the peaceful, calm, pure mind is no longer a slave to the objects of the world, nor dependent upon the beings of the world, nor such a person depends on any situation conducive or unconducive to be happy. What a sense of freedom! And such a person now is described in this 18th verse of Bhajagovindam. 18 is a very complete number. What is that sense of completeness? And in the 18th and 19th verse, we see what is that state of realization? What is that state of enlightenment? What is that state of bliss? What is that state of freedom? Bhagwan says, Suramandir taru mula nivasaha Shayabhutalamajinam vasaha Sarvaparigraha bhogatyagaha Kasya sukham nakaroti viragaha Bhajagovindam, Bhajagovindam, Govindam, Bhajamudhamate Samprapte sannihite kale nahinahira kshati dukrin karani. Suramandir taru mula nivasa. Shaya bhutala majinam vasa. Here again he gives us a beautiful, not like previously, a grevanni, prishte, banu. You see the, the heaviness of the meter. While suramandir taru mula nivasa. See the beauty and flow, the effortlessness of this poetry. Because here, the great Acharya is talking about a person who has not only renunciated, uh, has given up objects outside, but craving for things, beings and situations inside. But one who is free from desire, such a person, Suramandir Tarumula Nivasa, Dwelling in temples or behind temples under some 
tree. Some people used to sometimes ask our Gurudev, Swamiji, when you sometimes have to travel and you go to different places and you might even have to stay in a hotel, which hotel do you stay? Three star, four star, five star? He says, we sadhus, we stay wherever we get place to stay. And most of the time, we stay in not a five star, not even a seven star hotel. We stay in a multi-star hotel where the sky itself is the roof and the dome with those beautiful twinkling stars. And how big is your bed? He says that the earth himself, uh, itself is his bed. And how wonderful sleeping in the laps of Mother Earth, worryless with the expansive universe as the dome of the sky and the twinkling lights to make us sleep. And such a person who is free of desires, free of anxieties, free of worries, can in fact sleep like the king of kings anywhere. And in life, I tell you, if we can sleep at will and sleep well, not only health, wealth, everything will be there. Today you realize that as much as they used to talk about cardiovascular, etc., etc., or for good health, which all is needed, no doubt, but now you begin to have sleep apps. How important is sleep? It's not so much the number of hours of sleep. But how undisturbed is our sleep? So therefore, Sura Mandir Tarumula Nivasa, without any worry where one will get a place to stay, see the birds in the sky, when they migrate, when they move, wherever they find place, they rest and they move on again. Shaya Bhutalam Ajinambasa. The whole earth is the bed and whatever cloth or even an animal of a dead, uh, a skin of a dead animal, Ajinam Vasaha, wearing those clothes, Sarva Parigraha Bhoga Tyagaha. And here is the key word, Sarva Parigraha with no sense of possession for anything. Otherwise, even renunciates get attached to their bowl, their begging bowl. No sense of possession. Because really speaking, kasyas with dhanam. Of who is this wealth? The whole wealth of the universe has come from the Lord, from the totality, belongs to the Lord, belongs to the totality. When there is no sense of possession, then you may be in the midst of luxuries or without any object or the barest minimum. But one, Sarva Parigraha 
भोग त्याग वन हु हैज नो सेंस ऑफ पोजेशन दैट दिस बिलोंग्स टू मी दिस इज माइन 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 एंड भोग त्याग हैज गिवन अप द फैंसी ऑफ द माइंड द वर्ड राग comes from the root that which colors now ranjanatmakam see in our mind we imagine a beauty of something and very often we hear beauty is in the eye of the beholder so you conceive of something being beautiful then you think that it will give you happiness then you think that you can't live without it in fact you can never be happy until unless you have it this is all the imagination of the mind and actually we start enjoying the object not in its direct presence more in our imagination think of it observe the spiritual path is of alertness and vigilance and self awareness even if you go to a restaurant you wait in that line you hear about the delicious food you are looking forward for that gourmet meal and then the moment you take the first bite you enjoy it afterwards you are so busy in your conversations that really you do not even taste the food so what is bhoga it is just in the imagination and fancy of our mind we imagine the pleasures and therefore when we get for that moment that object of pleasure the mind becomes quiet but the happiness comes when the mind is quiet not from that object then we get attached to that object then we desire that object that situation that person more and more get to the root of it that where does our happiness lie and therefore Bhagwan Shankaracharya says one who is free from the sense of enjoyment from sense objects bhoga and without any attachment or sense of possession that this is mine this is mine this is mine kasya sukham na karoti viraga rhetorical question where bhagwan says to whom does not viraga or vairagya bring happiness so we have seen already that happiness comes when our mind are quiet and if we can quieten our mind by finding out what is the cause of the restlessness of our mind it is our ignorance our delusions our fancies false expectations of permanent happiness from impermanent objects and the more we become aware and keep on inquiring from where are we experiencing even this droplets of happiness that we get then we realize that pleasure is a sudden shock <laughs> when we get an object and our mind becomes temporarily quiet and we feel a blast of enjoyment 
But happiness is experienced when the mind is free of agitation. Therefore, kasya sukham na karoti viraga. What is viraga? It is growth. Let me give you one very interesting uh, story. And uh, it happened with me many years ago. And today I find those, those days children texting me, sending me videos of their children watching the stories that I used to tell them. So, so many lovely videos I received today from those parents who were listening when they were kids. It was one of those parents who were, was a five-year-old kid, seeing how his parents make the Swami work and bring all their problems and take him from one place to another place. The poor Swami, who at first seems to be having a wonderful life with very good food offered by his own parents and people around him, those children become very sympathetic and they are so observant. That one child who was just five years old comes up to me and says, Swamiji, Swamiji, do you have to work all the time or can we can you play some game? Are you allowed to play game? I said, Bitha, I am allowed to do it. But where is the time? He said, Swamiji, all of them make you work. Will you play a game with me? So I said, Yes. Sometimes when I find time, I'll play a game with you. He found the only time is when I used to get my afternoon little rest. So he used to come and knock at my door and say, Swamiji, Swamiji, come play with me, come play with me. I told the child, so I did give up my afternoon nap, short nap, and come and play with the little boy. And those days they used to play the billiards or the carom. And they are so expert, even at five or six, even to play any game, even a game on, on the mobile uh, phones. Because they are constantly doing it. I had lost practice. So, we are playing and he won. And naturally, when he won and that also defeated the Swami, who all the elders are respecting, he was making it a declaration everywhere. And now every afternoon, he wants to play that game. And every day defeat and every day declare that I defeated Swamiji. I was victorious. I won. Thank God, with that little child, I had no ego and did not feel embarrassed or felt like a failure. I continued to play with him every day. Seeing that child enjoy his victory, develop his confidence, that was greater delight for me than to win the game. But it so happened that one day while playing, I think practice makes you perfect, I managed to hit the pink coin, the queen. And the queen went into the socket, that's straight 50 points right away. And one who wins the queen generally wins the game. But these children have an unerring way, unnerving way to distract you. He said, You can't win the queen until unless you've got a cover because she requires maintenance. So you need a cover, you need a, you know, another coin to go with her. 
Now you have to get a cover, you have to get a cover, Others, you can't get the queen, you can't get the queen. So I thought, now finally I've won the queen at least once before I go win the game. And that time the queen coin was in the socket and there was this cover right close to the, the socket. That's the time I said, and he's trying to irritate me. You can't win, you can't win, you can't win. And that time I did my Hanuman Chalisa. Or Manorat Jo Koi Lave, Sohi Amit Ji Van Fal Pave. And I was aiming, aiming, and he was trying to agitate me. And I said, Hanuman Ji, Hanuman Ji, now, Ijat Rakhna, you know, keep my reputation. And I hit the coin. Guess what? It went into the socket. And when it went into the socket, I won. Even though I did not declare I won and make him feel like a person who was defeated, he got so angry and he threw all the coins on the carom board and said, that is cheating, that is cheating. I said, why that's cheating? All this time you won, that was not cheating. And now that I won, it is cheating. And he started crying. Mother came running out. What happened to my son? What happened to my son? I said, nothing. I just won the queen. I've not even finished the game. But he's such a poor loser. He's crying. So, she said, Swamiji, give the queen to him. No. Now tell me, what does it take for me to give a carom queen to a little child who is crying? Do I sit and fight with him? I won the queen. Why should I give the queen? First of all, it's just a carom queen. And I am a sannyasi. What will I do with the queen? And at the same time, it's no beauty queen also. It is a carom queen. Does it take a lot for me to renounce that carom queen for that child? Vairagya is not a crude giving up of objects. It is an inner growth of freedom when you are no longer dependent upon the objects of the world to give you happiness. For that, if our mind is lifted with the conserved energy that we have when we live a disciplined life of a certain amount of self-discipline, self-regulation, self-control and deny the harmful things or things that are ad addictive or even refrain ourselves from certain things that we have got fancies for and conserve that energy and direct it to higher or greater avenues of achievement or attain that sense of inner peace and poise. Conserve that energy for becoming self-aware, for meditation. And when you do that, and begin to experience that effortless peace, that effortless happiness that you can experience within, that growth brings about true vairagya. And therefore, Shankaracharya said, Kasya sukham na karoti viraga. Who does not dispassion 
bring happiness because indeed freedom is in that. It is not here that an overemphasis on giving up our desires. And really speaking, we don't like giving up desires or objects of desires, both. We are kama kami. We desire desires. We are made to desire desire itself. Otherwise, we are told that there is no motivation. But it is selfish desires that bind us, that agitate us. In fact, to desire is the power in the mind. But when the desire is for the well-being of society, in which even we are included, that desire is considered to be the will of the totality, the desire of the Lord. So from whom all selfish desire and dependence on things and beings and situations for happiness is not there. Such a person, in fact, is free to give, share, even love. Not be a beggar of love, but a giver of love. Not a beggar of happiness, but a giver of happiness. Such a person only, like the great master and our Gurudev, maximum happiness to maximum people for the maximum period of time. And that is true freedom. That is happiness. And when mind free from this agitation with the knowledge that is given to us about ourselves, when we begin to experience that peace and turn further and further as though in the search of the source of happiness, we discover happiness is our nature. Then does that person have to live in some solitude? Come listen to, to tomorrow's verse. That What is the freedom in whatever role that person lives who has realized the truth that happiness is my swarupa, happiness is my nature? Then in whatever condition that person lives, whatever role that person is in, wherever that person is situated and whatever the totality or will of God takes that person to, that person who is reveling in the self indeed is free, is the one who actually, actually lives in happiness. Thank you for tuning in to this episode by the Chinmaya Mission. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing. If you're looking for exceptional and detailed content on the Bhagavad Gita and how Lord Krishna's advice to Arjuna is relevant to the hurdles you face today, or understanding your mind, or explanations on Hindu scriptures in easy-to-understand English, the Chinmaya Mission YouTube channel is the place to be. All links are in the description.